Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back, guys. How you doing? Oh, hi. How you doing? <laughs> I was I was prepped to be like you were going to give like, me all kinds of compliments, like to get along, and like we I was going to get along. Like I was hitting on you, and like how are how are we going to be like? Don't positive. hit on me. I haven't showered. I can't have. But you're wearing you. pink, and I like you in pink. Oh, well, yeah, thank you, you look pretty in pink. Thank you. You should smell me in this. It's not, it's not as good. You're not using my. Uh, Canon I would products. if I showered, but I haven't <laughs> right. showered today. I was too busy driving our children all around. So anyway, I, I was expecting some kind of gratitude episode that we were going to be recording, and you hit me with this this morning about Safe and Wild, which I did not even process until like an hour ago what we were talking about. But it's kind of cool. Like I actually, I think this could be good. And, yep. by, and by the way. Okay. Okay. Before you even say anything. Did you notice I folded the towels? I, I even told you thank you for folding the towels. <laughs> Did you? I missed uh, the thank you. Everyone is going to start getting an update of, of anything you've done in yep. the house. We're not going to need one of those lists that we fill, fill out nope. because everyone at home is going to be like, yes, he did this. He did yep. this. We know right. he did this. Listen, guys, it's not hard. I folded the towels and now I'm... I'm the dogs are excited about it. <laughs> But you left your stuff in the dryer. Are you folding that too? Well, wait a minute. It was, of course I will. It was oh. just, it was drying. Oh, no, I'm just checking. Yeah. I'm just yeah. checking. Because if you fold the towels and then I have to fold your stuff, then it's not nope. really as helpful. I, as I don't even want you folding my stuff. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Wait, does that mean I'm a bad folder? Yeah. Well, you know that. <gasps> I, mean, I don't think I'm a bad folder. Excuse me. When I used to work at Banana Republic for years, <laughs> when I was like fold? the top folder. No, you were not. Uh, that's impossible. I I will promise you that. Is that true? I was a, a, I was a very good folder. I never even needed to use that board. Do the customers complain about dog hair on the clothes that they get in Banana Republic? Well, that's not my fault. Or like lint from the carpet? Nope, or I was a very good folder. From three and days it's so before. funny because Moomi, which which is um you know, sponsors us and we use I use their stuff when we're packing. They actually have I just saw I didn't even know about this. They sell one of those folding garment folding things, which I was thinking about getting because it's been a long time since I've done a real fold. Is that one of those boards that like fold into each other? The, the like the made out of no, cardboard it's a board or something. And you put the shirt underneath. You lay the shirt underneath. You put the the board in the middle, and then you literally just fold one side, then the other side, then the bottom. Yeah. And then you slip the board out and you have like a perfectly folded shirt. Wow. Yeah. And that's supposed to be, I mean, for packing, I guess that's ideal with the packing cubes. 
I'm not trying to, I'm even not even trying to sell it. I'm just, it, <laughs> it, I want one because it reminds me of my days back in the Banana Republic. I was such a good folder. Okay. Safe and wild. Yeah, we're, we're going to do gratitude with life coach Amy because when I was, you wanted to do, well, it was your idea actually that after pet peeves idea. and after a lot of. We've had so many, listen guys. I was going to save this for the gratitude episode, but I was ready. So I thought this was going to be that episode. We talk a lot about the um, annoyances of marriage and kids and all the real life situations that happen. But there's good times. And we want to talk about those too. I think we talk about those. But not... Not, not for a full episode. Yeah, we don't dedicate a whole episode to mm-hmm. something like that. But nobody wants to hear us just like tell each other how much we love each other. But it's not just about loving each other. It's a. It's more about... Well, that's why I want to have Life Coach Amy on because she'll give us a more general sense of what what we what it does for us and what... Like, I don't know any of that stuff. I would just be like, oh, you look... Look, you look so nice in that shirt. Like, I wouldn't know what to... <laughs> like I said to you. Right. You told me you like me in pink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right, start it up. Oh, let's sure. let's just. Okay. Uh, do you have anything first, or? Uh, well, obviously, it's been a few weeks. Again, please, 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 if you don't have the subscribe button, hit, hit it, hit it, S- hit it, baby, hit it with a bat, just <laughs> with a bat. I don't know. You're gonna get bills for <laughs> broken computers now. No, hit it. Even for not for our podcast, for any podcast. Nobody's paying any money for this. It's free. The best things that you could do are number one, subscribe, please, and that's free. You don't have to listen to all the episodes. And secondly, rate and review, please, if you like us. If you don't, don't rate and review us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know what? I like, I'm, I'm part of these like podcast networking um, Facebook pages. And everybody says, hey, I just got my cherry popped. I got my first negative review. And like people, we're, they're not like upset yeah. about it. Yeah, they're you're, not upset about it. They say you haven't made it until you've gotten negative yeah, reviews. Because you know, once the trolls come out, you're, you, you've made it. That's kind of like the thing. Oh, let me tell you, man. On Instagram, (laughs) I have I must be the queen of Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, even on our website, we we have a a a section on there about reviews that people have left us. And at the bottom of the page, I put my favorite negative review, and it's at the bottom. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I I I kind of liked it a lot, and I was like, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not upset that it was left. No, you're gonna make people leave us negative reviews. We don't want (laughs) negative reviews. We want. One star from everybody. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, of That's course not. That's so bad. You're of course gonna, you, not. I can make you edit that out. Yeah, you will. No, I'm just saying that I, uh, our podcast is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And if you don't appreciate it, don't listen. Right. But I, I kind of like, go to the website. Go go check out that review because I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah, well, it's so interesting to me because I, I'm so... I, listen, some people... If you're a person who reviews all the time and you leave negative and positive reviews, all the power to you. I think some people just leave negative reviews. And that's kind of like are just you spreading a, negativity. In the are world. you a negative review lever? Me? Yeah. Oh my God. I've never left a negative review for anything. I feel the same way. Yeah. I just don't, I don't even want, you know what? Just because it's not what I want doesn't mean it's not. Look, if I buy something and it's broken, yes. Okay. But that's not. It might not be their fault. Like, that's the thing. Like, I've no. seen reviews on Amazon where it's like, I received it, it was didn't work, and it was broken, and one star, and you guys suck. It, like, all right, first of all, calm down. Right. Okay, it might be a good product. You might have just gotten a bad one. 
But sometimes you deal with customer service. First of all, sometimes you deal with customer service after getting something that's not working and you call and you want to reach out and you're trying to get somebody and um, you can't. Yeah. Well, after a certain point, you're like, you know what? I don't want. I don't want anybody to have to go through this. I but agree. But nobody's with that. going through anything like listening to our podcast. <laughs> like, just keep scrolling. We have to. I always this. feel like that with Instagram too, and it's 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 so funny because our community is so awesome that I almost don't have to reach out to like negative reviews anymore. I used to erase them. Now I usually don't even do that because I'm sort of like, you know what? You're not supposed to erase negative things. Well, sometimes if it was like someone calling me a cunt. Oh. I would, I would, yes. Is there a high five for that person that I could like? (laughs) (laughs) Is there an emoji to high five them? Be like, yeah, you're on my team. So you were ready for the gratitude episode today? (laughs) I think that might have been me, actually. (laughs) No, sometimes, but I know that our community, before I even get there, is going to like go at it. Have you been called a cunt? I have been called a cunt. I will fuck them up. Well, who is it? Virtually, you will. Yes. <laughs> I want to know who, who it is. Who is it? I mean, it's somebody who thinks, you know, a woman shouldn't be cursing or a woman shouldn't be talking to her husband the way I do or a woman, you know, like it, it's stupid shit that, you know. All right. If you, if you have called my wife a cunt. That's your job. Yes. I, was, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you do not do that. Mm-mm. That is for me only. I actually really hate that word too. Yeah. It's a bad word. I don't like I don't that. like it. All right, so... I mean, I'll use it, but I don't like <laughs> using it. All right, so everybody contact me. We'll form a little group. We'll talk. We'll have a good time. It's going to we'll be laugh. the Danielle Cunt Facebook <laughs> the Danielle group. Danielle Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start. We've gone long enough, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Is it back to that banter question that we have to ask people all the time? Do you like the banter? Do you like Well, this the... was a long time. Yeah, this is eight minutes mm-hmm. or nine minutes already. Someone's going to call me a cunt for this. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I can all feel right. it in my bones. You do not call my wife a cunt. <laughs> Don't you fucking dare! Oh, it's so sweet. Yeah, you just made me feel so safe. Yeah, I, that that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Okay, speaking of safe, mm-hmm. go ahead, start it up, baby. Oh, it's my turn. I'm double fisting. I got me water. Water. <laughs> we have our zaka. I know. Uh, I'm working tomorrow, so I I have water in one hand, and I got tequila in the other. Oh, tequila! <laughs> so, who knows how this is gonna go? <laughs> <laughs> So safe and wild. All right. My whole thing is that to give a little background about how I came up with the topic safe and wild. It's something I've been thinking about for a little while and I've thought about it with you and me for a long time. So we have this sign that I love. I I tried to take a picture of it and post it on uh, our social media a little while ago just because I love it so much and I can't actually find it on Etsy anymore or else I would totally tag the person who made it. But it says, it's basically, I will post it, but I swear to God, it's much nicer in, in person. And it says, uh, I'll keep you safe. You keep me wild. And I, oh, when, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh my God, that, you know, some people have like live, love, laugh, mm-hmm. uh, or like eat in their kitchen. <laughs> they have like the big letters, like eat in the kitchen. Like you need to tell somebody to eat. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like, you know, all those big block letters that they have now that you put in your kitchen. Okay. So I've never, I've never done any of those. We have something in our kitchen on the refrigerator that is just basically some like ideals that I love that I want our kids to read anytime they leave or come into the house. But when I saw this that said, I'll keep you safe, you keep me wild, I was like, "Oh, oh my God, that's, that's us. Like that's. Yes. That's us. That is us. Yeah. And I loved it so much. 
but it's comp it's a complicated um saying for us because there's so many layers to that but I feel like um I wanted to talk about it because I think we're trying to get back to that balance. I think it's been such a dichotomy for us and we and we haven't figured out how to quite balance the two because we both need that wild side. We both kind of uh, crave that. Sure. But it's gone off the deep end. Yeah. And so to get back to that balance is something that we are I think really working at right now yeah I think that that saying applies to the both of us that I think we both need to feel we're being kept safe and I think we both need to be validated that we need that wild side too yeah so we need that for each other so it that's really not just one of us saying to the other you keep me safe Mm -hmm. and I'll keep you How'd it go? I'll keep you safe and you keep me wild. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, for, for us, back and forth. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And I think that in, innately, a lot of us need both of those sides. And it's the struggle. It's that it, there's almost a, um, like a, what's the word? Uh, a challenge between the two of safety and wild. Because sometimes you in order to be safe, you have to give up that side of you or in order to be wild you forget about that need to be safe so it's it's a hard it's a it's a hard blend yeah we're both very immature in our own ways Hmm. so we need i guess protecting i don't think i'm immature (laughs) oh gosh all right let's have a whole uh, immature episode about how you're immature. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're very immature. I'm very immature. Um, so we we kind of both need. I don't like the word immature. That's not. I well, we are say immature. immature. No, what, what, what's the word? Immature. Uh, we are maybe wild-hearted. We don't want to be adults, right? <laughs> so that's immature, right? Yeah, but adulting is bullshit, you're right? Yes, I agree. Well, I have some good quotes. Can I give a quote about it from the Gottman Institute? Sure. Okay. So I did some research and the Gottman Institute says, when our body and mind experience safety, our social engagement system enables us to collaborate, listen, empathize, and connect, as well as be creative, innovative, and bold in our thinking and ideas. And this has a positive benefit for our relationship as well as our lives in general. So you want, like, in order in order to thrive, we need to feel some element of safety. If you don't feel safe, then you're kind of stunted in your growth, right? Because you, you're so fearful that you almost, you can kind of clam up and not realize your full potential. For me, I, I have to get into this later too, but... I always knew that I could come home to safety, to my wife and my family, or whatever I was doing to be wild. I knew there was that element of safety. That safety net was there. Right, and that's the part, but that that was a different experience for me. Right, right, yeah. I'm talking about my... Right, because I, for a long time, felt like my home wasn't a safe place because I would be on the like on edge waiting for you to come home what shape were you going to be in? So for a long time, at home, my home didn't feel like a safe place. It's 
much different now. Yeah, yeah of course. Right. I but mean, for, for a, a long, long time. time. Yeah. For and by me, the way, yeah. speaking of wild, I my mind was all over the place with this. Like I would go on one topic and think of something else. And but then and I was trying to organize it and everything I even said to you before. I'm like, I need to organize this because I, I can't Wait a minute. even you were unorganized. Well, you know that if I thought I was unorganized, it was a shit storm. Yeah. So I I was trying to organize it, but then I was sort of like, I don't know, it's kind of the wild episode. Like that's kind of where my mind was going. It was all over the place. Let's get crazy. Let's get crazy, baby. <laughs> I'm, taking my, I'm taking my top off. We should do strips safe and wild. All right, go on to uh, facebooklive.com and watch <laughs> yeah. Danielle right now. <laughs> no one wants to see that. I think there's a few women out there who would love to see oh, that. Oh, they're going to say, I think there's a fetish for that kind for what? of C-section scars and oh, God. belly rolls. Right. and okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I turning you on? So, so basically that the Gottman Institute says that when you feel safe, you can really be at your best self. But I agree with that on some level, but I also think that from that other side of us, indulging in that wild side and getting to a place of real rawness with yourself and maybe even rock bottom with yourself brings out a whole, I mean, some of the best art and music some of the best leaders have come from, you know, er, some, sometimes that wild side, it, when it needs to be tamed, we, we wind up getting, you know, the best, or the best lyrics to songs, the best romances. Well, well think about, I mean, that <clears throat> the, what's that called? The, the number of 27, all the artists who have died at the age of 27, I've never heard of that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Kurt Cobain, Jimi Hendrix. Oh. Um, uh, come on, the, the Doors. Uh, oh, Jim, Jim Morrison. Morrison. They were uh, all twenty-seven. All twenty-seven. Oh, when I they didn't died. know that. This, there's this thing, uh, and more. There's, there's a bunch of people out there. Um, that. Oh, I want now. I want to Google it. At twenty-seven, either had committed suicide or died of drug overdose, or, huh. which is, essentially is committing suicide, uh, because. They let their wild side out. They felt that they were done with that and that and that there was no more to give. So it was time to just leave, get out. Well, or they were in so deep they didn't know how to get out of it. Like, right. I feel like well, a lot of yeah, them were in. So here I just found on the internet the whole 27, the Forever 27 Club it's right. called. Yeah. Oh, I never Told heard you. of this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who Anton Yelkin is. We have to look him up. But Kurt Cobain, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, Amy Winehouse. Yes. Oh, poor Amy. Janis Joplin. And I don't know who Chris Bell is. Do you know who Chris Bell is? No. We had to look him up too. But one thing that you also just just came into my mind was I was 27 when I had my insane, uh, I hate to say insane, my OCD, like my debilitating episode with OCD. Mm. So is 27 a thing? I don't know. Yeah. But I was 27. Well, I was pregnant with Mia. So that's qu- that also something to do with it. But at 27, I mean, had I been not, I was pregnant. So I was, I, I obviously didn't want to hurt the baby, but I, I was, I was questioning things, you mm. know? So yeah. Questioning things. Questioning things. Okay. Yeah. It was a very, 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 very yeah. scary time for me. So I don't know if it has something to do with it. But the other side of all that is there's the upside of, first of all, that a lot of the, the not that I, not that they should be dead, but think about the art that came out of their, their grief and their hurting. And not that 
that makes up for it. But still, I think there's also a lot of um, people who go through that stuff and come out completely on the other end of it becomes something of like channeling their grief and their uh, hardship for them becoming like better people. Yeah, but I also felt, I also feel like people like Jim Morrison or Kurt Cobain or who were just on top of their game when it all just went to shit. And if, well, they obviously weren't on top of their game. No, uh, musically or, you know, professionally. So for us, for, you know, their listeners, Mm -hmm. um, what would have happened if they did, if they kept going? Like, would they have slid down that? They were great at one point, and then right. they just got progressively oh, that's worse. Like, right. so were they just like, "I know I'm at my best right now. Let's leave no, it at that." No, no, no. I, I, I kind of think maybe. I don't think they, it was that conscious for them. No, no, I don't think it was that All conscious right. for them. I kind of think maybe. I don't think so. Well, maybe it was subconscious, but something in them was like. But Jim Morrison didn't commit suicide. Well, it was a drug overdose, right? That's suicide in a sense. <sighs> I, I don't I don't think so. No? You don't think it was like just self-indulgence to a yes, point? Yes, absolutely. Of, it's self-indulgence, but I think that's much different than suicide. I think it's, I think it's it related. I don't think accidental. it's like, hey, I'm going to kill myself tonight, but it's you're doing enough drugs or whatever it is that will kill you. You're doing it to yourself. You're killing mm. yourself. Um, okay. Like, um... <laughs> I just watched one of the greatest movies ever, ever, ever today. Don't say Bloodsport. Bloodsport? No. No, Lean on Me. <laughs> oh, I love Lean on Me. Yes. Yeah. Like when he when he, he took Sam's. <laughs> Sam's. You smoke crack, don't you? Well, <laughs> come up to the top of the roof. <laughs> you know? Like you're killing yourself. You're killing yourself slowly. All right. You want to do it? Just jump off the roof. All right. Either kill yourself or don't. Oh, Joe Clark says to him. To him. Yeah. Like oh. he's where he, where Sam's is saying it's not me. I want to go back to school. I don't want to kill myself. I don't want to. And he says, "Well, you he smoke crack, don't crack you?" Out of, crap out of him. Yeah. yeah. And he, said, and he brings him, him up to the roof and says, "Okay, jump." You know, mm-hmm. and it's, and he says, "I don't want to jump. I don't want to. I don't want to mm-hmm. die. I don't want to jump." He says, "Well, you smoke crack, don't you?" Mm. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Like either do it now or do it slowly. Right. So. Okay. Yeah, Oof. good movie. Wow, you just got really deep. I did. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. I do too. Yeah, I don't watch it thirty-five times. I like don't. Do. That's not one of the movies that I watch thirty-five times. Okay, I've only seen it thirty-five times total. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. God. Wait, what? In what ways do you think you've done a good job of making me feel safe and secure? Um, I assume I'm the one answering this. <laughs> And you don't have an answer for that? What? That you, uh, No, no, no. I have an, I have oh, an answer you? for that somewhere here. Somewhere <laughs> in this shitstorm. Okay, so I'm sure you've been waiting for this for a long time because you want to know how I think I keep you safe. Right? I don't think we have enough time for that. <laughs> Cunt. <laughs> what? <laughs> Someone's probably out there like, oh, here you are giving yourself so much credit. Right. Oh, here's Danielle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I have quick answers for all these here. I'm not getting uh, all dragged out. My oh, sure, but you can talk for 15 minutes about fucking East Side High. <laughs> well, that's at least interesting. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. 
Now, I, I think, listen, you've always had a roof over your head. Wait, wait. Oh, this is how you keep me. How oh, I, I was like, how safe. the fuck is that how I keep you safe? How oh, I keep you safe. I've always had a roof you've over your head. You've always had a roof over your head. Yeah. Sometimes the roofs are too big. <laughs> but, they, but, they seem to get smaller and smaller. <laughs> but a roof. Uh-huh. Things like that. You've never once had to think about where's my next meal coming from. Are we going to have water? Are we going to have the, 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 the things that keep us alive? And I provide those things to you, and I hope that you realize that's one way for you to feel like you've been kept safe. Because there's a lot of people out there who don't have those things. You're like, wow, the, the, the face that no, you have. No, I completely, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. And. Thank you, Master. Right. Yes, thank you. And here's the answer you were looking for, <laughs> not the answer that I was looking for. Who's the, I wasn't even looking for the answer. I know what you're for. I always walk closer to the street when we're walking in New York. Do you still? Absolutely. Oh, I, always, I know you always used to. I always walk closer to the street. I always direct. No, I'm just a poor, decrepit girl. <laughs> I always direct us while we're walking at the lights because you're never paying attention to where we're going or what we're doing. I make sure that I'm on top of, we're not going to get hit by a car. <laughs> we're not going to be killed somewhere walking because we're in New York a lot and walking around and you're not focusing. So those kinds of things. So there's the, the mega scale things of like having a roof over your head and then micro scale things of that. You're not going to die. <laughs> that's okay. A, that's a micro scale, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Yes, wait, I'm trying to find my answer. Hold on. I said also, there's there are, of course, many things you've done that have made me feel safe. Like little things you do. I wrote right here. You've always, even when I was in college, till I guess now, I don't, I guess I don't notice it as much, but you've always looked out for me when you cross the street. I'm definitely a little bit flighty at times. And um, you make, how'd you make it through college without me? I think when you weren't there, I was, I was more uh, aware. Maybe I knew I had to be more aware. Maybe I got used to you oh. taking care of me. So you just got used to it. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you make me feel safe in the way that like you make me feel loved. Even, you know, listen with my pregnancies, even though my pregnancies, I gained like 60 pounds. I, and it, it sounds so shallow and sort of obvious, but at the same time, you never made me feel unlovable. Like you, you never made me feel like you were going to leave me. And I know that sounds obvious, but I think that there probably are guys out there who, when their wives are you know, partners gain a lot of weight. I think probably that there is a, a, a sphere of being left or, you know, not feeling attracted to or, or, and sometimes I feel that, but I think that's on me. I don't think that's so much on how you treat me. Um, but you certainly have not made me feel like that. And that's kind of a big deal to me. So maybe I shouldn't admit that, but it is. I'm being honest. It's, Why it's, shouldn't you admit that? Well, like being vulnerable to the fact that I... Do something good? No, <laughs> no know, about the weight thing because that's such a, a such a taboo topic that you know that oh obviously he wouldn't leave you if you gain weight nobody should leave anybody for not but I'm sure it happens. Well, there's so many things that well you shouldn't so, yeah you know, so nobody should leave you because of this right but listen you know, right it's but, easier said than done right so maybe you yeah but I have to be appreciative of that because you know I I definitely have 
up and down all the time with my weight. And you're you're pretty good about that. I'm pretty good. You're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that is a big deal to me. Look, there's physical safety and there's emotional safety. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so what's the next question? <laughs> Why? What, what's the matter? No, the emotional safety part for me has been harder. That it's, it's I think that there's there's a, an idea of feeling like you're emotionally safe, like someone has your back. And I think that sometimes I haven't felt like that. And I think, I think that's a lot of what in-law stuff is about across the board, right? You hear, I mean, there, the, the one episode everybody wants, and I get this request like multiple times a week, is when are you doing an in-law episode? Okay, number one, we're not because it's too near and dear to our heart and it's a it's a hard topic for anyone. Um, and to put that out there is very hard. But but across the board, I I my personal belief is that it has to do a lot with listen, you wanna feel like you're a team. You wanna feel like the two of you together are sort of this cohesive unit. And everyone else, like nobody can get in because you have this fortress around you if you need to. You don't have this fortress around you if you don't need to. But for people in your life who maybe make it hard for you, um, and I think that's probably a lot of times what happens with, with the whole in-law situation is that we f- people feel uh, vulnerable in a negative sense that someone, you know, an in-law says something to them that's mean, or you're not doing things according to their expectations. And you want to feel like your partner is looking out for you. And when you don't, you're sort of like, oh shit, are they putting them first? Maybe we're not a team. Maybe I'm, you know, the stand-in. Maybe I'm the pinch hitter. Maybe I'm, you know, you start to feel like it's not the two of you against the world. It's, it's more complicated than that. Okay. Well, so, save that for the in-law episode. No, I'm not talking about us. I'm talking in a more general sense that I think that has a lot to do with emotional stability. Listen, overall, there seems to be a pervasive um, and like ubiquitous uh, in-law situation across the board. And I think that has a lot to do with it. That Do you feel like your spouse or your partner is willing to stand up to their parents, their sisters, their brothers, their family members for your defense. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what causes a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's take a break because I have to pee. Okay. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back, guys. Hold on. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Earlier I said, I could always come home knowing that you were here, the kids were here. I have my family and my home to come home to. So that that always made that was my safety net. That always made me feel 
safe and secure. That wherever I was, if I was out to dinner, if I was in Atlantic City, if I was wherever, I knew I had my place to come home to. And that's the biggest way I feel like you make me feel safe. Well, yeah, I think maybe I indulged that side a little bit too much. But I think I also felt like if I didn't, you were going to leave me. Oh, is that why you were like okay with it? I wasn't okay with it. I was never okay with it. There were times where you would say, hey, you had a rough week. Go ahead, go. Go to Atlantic City. That's happened. I knew that you, I knew there was no fighting you on it. Yeah, but I, I didn't even ask. No, come on. I never <gasps> told you to go without. Oh, yes, you have. You de- you well, totally then have. if I did, it was because it was easier for you to be there than to be here. Okay. I don't know what the reason is, but you have said to okay. me more than once. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe, go ahead. Go, ahead. go cer- for go for a night. Yeah, maybe at a certain at a, at a certain point it was easier for you to be there and to be gone than for you to be home and be dealing with whatever shit you were doing here. Well, speaking of that. Okay. Do you think we have a need to indulge our wild sides? Because like uh, as a general we and then you and me. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is about you and me. Right, but, but I guess it's general, more general. Both. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Well, do you think that you and I Well, obviously we both need to indulge our wild sides. I, you, but I think people at home too, like I feel like you and I have this innate even though we're quote-unquote grown-ups and adults. I Only by numbers. <laughs> and by how the fuck I feel. Oh my God, I feel old. Do you? Well, physically, yes. I feel like I'm, yes, I feel it in my body. But but I still definitely have this. Listen, the, the one thing that I, I don't want to let get past is that one of the reasons I fell in love with you, or maybe the main reason I fell in love with you is I liked the wild in you. I liked the bad boy in you. I liked that my life was always going to be... I came from a very, my parents are wonderful, but they're very um, safe. They are very even keeled, very mild. They, they, they lived for their kids to go to private school and to go to the colleges we wanted to go to. And my dad spent his life in medicine and gave up everything to be a doctor. And I, I think a little bit, we didn't have much adventure growing. I mean, we did certain things. They let me go to Mexico. They let me do certain things, but everything was uh, very safe. Mm-hmm. And I think that when I met you, I was sort of like, oh my God, he's exciting and he's fun. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of what made me fall in love with you. And I needed that element. So I also try not to forget that when when we're going through yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, I do. I hope so because, listen, you knew what you got yourself into. So it's not fair for you to be (laughs) mad now. No, I still love that side of you. But what happened was that that side of you became where maybe at one point it was 50-50 or even 60-40. It became 90-10. Well, do you think that we do this more than most? Like this wild side of us like the having fun without the kids or I think it got too much. Yeah. For us. I think in general it got too much. I think it just Well, what about now? Oh. No, now is much different. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're we're leveling off. I think that it's it it took 
that's why I said sometimes something comes out of, listen, on the one hand, I say to myself, it was really hard what we went through and what you were going through after whatever it was that your dad died and you were dealing with that or you were dealing with the fact that you, uh, I don't know how to say this without sounding a certain way, but I think you- They call you a cunt? Yeah, well, you, yeah, yeah, no, no, that's later. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, so I think- Oh, that's okay? No, don't call me a cunt. Yeah, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want you to do that. I don't like that word. I mean, it's fine if other people want to do it. Go for it. (laughs) I don't feel comfortable with that. No, I don't feel comfortable with that either. Yeah. Mm Mm-mm. Mm. I had to ask you if tits was okay. <laughs> yeah, that was, Cunt is a whole nother That was level. a fun moment. <laughs> uh, but I think... Oh, the other night, remember I asked you to look at me? Do you remember that? Yeah. No, you demanded me I to demanded look at you. I demanded you. Yeah. I was like, hey, stop what you're doing. Yeah, look, look at me. Look at me. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was well, fun. Yeah, it was I good too because I like if you're looking in my eyes and not down at my stomach. That's better. <laughs> it's always... <laughs> no, but um, what was I saying? Um... I, I don't know. I lost everything at look at me. I, I think at the same time that I was feeling defeated and I was feeling sort of like I was at the end of my rope but I didn't know what was going to happen with us, but I still loved you and I still wanted to be together. I think it was also uh, that never would I have started the podcast had we not been at that point. That something really great for us and hopefully great for everybody out there came out of this sort of you came home one night and I was sort of like the need to find a safe spot for both of us that you had gone so off the handle and we were so out of touch and there was no sense of safety between the two of us that I think that I needed to say to you I want to have I want I want you to be able to express yourself I want you to channel whatever energy you have I didn't say that specifically but that's what I was thinking and so that's where I came up with the idea of the podcast was that and and I knew on the podcast what I wanted to do was I wanted to not hold back and in order to not hold back we had to be at a point in our lives where we weren't sacrificing that much because there wasn't that much to sacrifice you know what I mean like we didn't have it we didn't need to put it all out on the line because there wasn't that much to put out on the line anymore it was sort of we were at rock bottom anyway. So the only place, not to sound cliche, but the only place we could go was to either stay at rock bottom and wind up leaving each other or to realize, to reconnect and realize there was something we could do with this. Yeah, that's a, a great segue into the next question that you asked me, mm-hmm. which is a good response to what you just said. And it's a really long question, so I don't want to read the whole thing okay. <laughs> because your questions are very long, um, very um, detailed. detailed. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I like to be detailed. <laughs> but to sum it up, you asked me if I would mind talking about a little bit of what I went through and how do I, how did I sort of go off the rails and live that overindulgent lifestyle and... How did I feel during, while I was doing that, that whole thing? Okay, let me go off the, let me go off the, uh, I often think about, we are so not the cheerleader and the quarterback, but I often think about that analogy because I think about the cheerleader and the quarterback who get together because he, you know, she's cool, he's cool, they, you know, they fall in love, they, and then at a certain point, it's like the quarterback winds up 
not being able, you know, he's so cool and whatever that he can't conform to a regular life. Well, and he's he, cool in high school. He's the quarterback. And then he's a drunk after high school. Oh, because, okay. So I'm glad you're saying that, not me. Right. I was equating well, us me, to, we're not, we're not, I was not a cheerleader. You were not a quarterback, but we were sort of those two, we were both wild children who, uh, we were, you know, cool in our own right. And then we wound up getting married and it was sort of like we had, you know, I always say, people always said to me when we got together on Facebook, people would reach out, reach out to me and say, oh my God, you married Adam Silverstein? Are you in a crack house somewhere? And I was like, no, I'm living in this fucking gorgeous, enormous house. But the next year I wasn't, we, you know, I was living in the house because we had to, a different house because we had to sell that house. Like, But, but you're still living in a big, gorgeous but we shouldn't be, house. probably. <laughs> we should be living in a house half this size. Oh, so let's do it. Don't go there. No, but what I'm saying is, you know, you have certain things in your mind of how it's going to be. And I married you being a bad boy, but I also married you where you also were very level-headed. You were a bad boy, but we would go and gamble. But you wouldn't gamble all your money. You'd gamble some of your money and you still were saving and you were ready to buy a house and all this stuff that you were like level-headed. And then something happened there where maybe you felt trapped or I don't know what it was that you just went off the rails. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay. No, no, no. Go ahead. You were going to expand upon I, that. I'm about to. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've gone off the rails too, but it's different than you yes, going you off have. the rails. Wait, wait, I want what? 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 Tell me. <laughs> no. All right. For me, this all started out with my, all right, listen, go back to the distance, space, and privacy episode, because I'm not going to get into this. Wow. You remembered something about. See? I did my research. You can never, oh, you went back I researched listened? my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were that Google search. <laughs> yes. I was that one. <laughs> you were the one who Googled Meredith Martinez. So I'm Mar- not going to get into the whole details, because mm-hmm. this is all in that episode, but- I had the jealousy of you having your alone time all day. N- not all day. You had your hours of alone time during the day. Is I that ha- what this all stems from, me yeah. being a stay-at-home mom? I'm, I'm about to say this. Wow. So I... The, I, I really fucked us The then. biggest thing was, for me, that uh, uh, maybe I feel... I think... I, I, I don't want to get too into it, because I think we did this, that I need alone time. You need alone time. You had some. I didn't. I had zero alone time every single okay, day of the week. you can have alone time and go to the library. Like, okay. you don't need to go, go gamble away our well, mortgage. No, that's my point. So my point was, it started out with like, all right, I'm just going to stop for dinner because that takes an hour to have dinner by myself. 20 minutes to get there. Yeah, I know it's not an hour. It was 20 minutes to get there. I, I stayed by I'm myself my mouth shut. there for an hour and 20 minutes more to get home. So it started out with, okay, you have hours of the day to be by yourself with whatever you're doing. It doesn't matter. You're by yourself. So for me, I was jealous of that because I had none of that. Do you think that's a big thing with husbands? Do you I don't, think there's I, a- I don't know. I, I think it's more a personal issue than whether it's husbands or wives. Right. Some people I don't need mean it. That. Some I, people I don't, don't. Right. Right. Okay. I need that. You need that. But I gave you so much time to yourself on the weekends and everything. I would always. I know, but, okay, but. And I never got mad at you for going to dinner at first. Right. But so, okay, for I Monday agree. through I agree. Friday we all need a or Saturday. Absolutely. For five full days in a row, like just not to have a half hour to yourself 
it's for me. I, I, I think you're really exaggerating. Really? Why? You didn't have a half hour to yourself? When? Oh, come on. You were before this year. I'm talking about when this all started, where right, this stemmed you, from. No, you were never down here in the morning ever. You had your hour and a half upstairs with coffee in your room by yourself. Hour and a half. I mean, I woke yes, up, if you got early up at early just to have and my you got coffee. in the shower at seven. Th- right. Yeah. But, all right. But you did the same thing. You were up earlier than the kids to have your alone time with your yeah, coffee. At five, if they were getting up, like it's, it's all relative. Okay. My point where this stemmed from was that I had no time to myself just without hearing it from you or the kids or employees or whoever, just to be alone. That's all it was. And that's how this whole thing started. I got comfortable with it. I I enjoyed it. I liked it. And then from there, spiral to the next thing where, yeah, I went, to go to Atlantic City for a night. Okay, that is two nights. And then I just got too entitled to myself of enjoying that time by myself because of my jealousy that of you having yours. This is before this whole podcast started. This is before all of this. So I was a little bit envious of you. I said envious, mm-hmm. not jealousy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you are envious. Yes, I was. So I, I, I thought it was my time too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where this all stemmed from. I, I, again, we did this in the, that episode, so it's enough of that already. I don't want to get even more into it. You also asked me about how did I feel while I was doing that? Was I fearful? I, I know there was always a part of me that was completely guilt, completely full of guilt. Wherever I was, whatever I was doing, I was always texting you. I was always in contact with you. If I, even if I was just out to dinner for an hour, I would text you and say, this is where I am. This is what I'm doing. Even if I was in Atlantic City, and I would text you all night. Almost to the point of annoyance to you, right? Don't you think? Yeah, when you would send me dinners of your uh, pictures. Yeah, I was sending you pictures of my beautiful dinners. Whatever I was doing, wherever I was, wherever what I was always in connection with you because I felt the guilt. I didn't, I felt entitled and I felt guilty at the same time. So I wanted to be there. I wanted to do what I was doing, but so I wanted to. down deep, you knew it was wrong. Of course. Okay. That's why I was always in Wherever I was, I was in contact with you. Mm-hmm. That's my answer. I, I, all the rest of it is in that other episode. If you care to hear it, go listen to it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Not you. Everybody else. I know that. Okay. All right. What's your next? All right. So how are we working to get back to more of a balance? Um, like in our individual lives, together, for our future. Am yeah. I allowed to answer that question at all? Why not? Or, I don't know. You're ready to go to the next one. What do you mean? No, I was about to say I've had I've had instances too where I felt uh I think also what you're not saying is a lot of what we're we're made to choose what we what the life path we're going to do so young and too young I think oftentimes mm-hmm. and then I think we get trapped and I think you especially you don't like to feel trapped you like to feel like you have control y- yeah, Free yeah, will, control. To, yeah, to to a bad point though, like to to too oh, yeah. much of the point. But 
But I think when you were young enough, first of all, I think I maybe swept in a little bit too young and kind of like, you know, tackled you down. Are you, are you eating? So I don't see you eating. I was but eating a Zaka. Oh, because you're like talking like you've just been yeah. eating something. Yeah, Zaka. I had two drinks, so I wanted to take a nice. Zaka. Yeah, uh, promo code marriage. <laughs> <laughs> just had to throw oh, that wow. over there. Free, wow. uh, free sponsor. Free promo. Yeah, well, I mean, I, 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 that is my, I now I can't. Yeah. I, have, I had them actually before we started. So. I know. Yeah. And I'll take one before bed too. Yep. So um, I... I think that maybe number one, you were feeling trapped by the fact that, I mean, listen, you had plenty of time to experiment. You didn't go to go away to college for four years. Like you did all that stuff. You did the drugs, you did the drinking, you did the women, you did all of it. So it wasn't yeah, like. I did, the dr- I did drugs? What drugs? I didn't I know, do. You snorted your Ritalin or whatever it was. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So that's the extent of what I did. Fine. Not every, fine. It's okay. If you I don't do get to do too many drugs, you're fine. Between that and the fact that. It's, it's a little bit your own fault. It's a little bit of a gift. It's a little bit of a curse. You had a family business that you just kind of went into because you kind of fucked up when you were younger. And, okay. and you also had this family business, which luckily was succeeding and everything. But I think you took it as feeling trapped more than you f- realized that you went into this family business feeling trapped. Mm-hmm. I think all those things you kind of wanted to bust out of and be like, fuck that. I'm my own person and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. I think that happens to a lot of us. Is it possible because I didn't go to college? I never had that experience of just. No, you had that experience. You were fine. No, but I'm saying like when people go to college, they have four years of finding out who they are. And experimenting. But you went to college. You fucked it up. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I didn't, I, that was for six months. Because that, you fucked it up. Right. That's why it was only six okay. months. So if I had. You had the opportunity. Some people don't even have the opportunity to go to college. Right. Okay. So you can't blame anybody for no, that. No, I'm not blaming it. Right. Anybody for anything. Right. I blame myself for everything. Okay. I, I'm mm, well aware of that. Okay. okay. Oh, come on. Mm, all right. No? No, I don't think you fully. No, I I don't. Really? Yeah. Wow. But, but I, um. But I understand that because from a different perspective, every time I, I felt like that every time I was pregnant, every time I was pregnant for nine months, I like to be in control of my body. And I, I had such an extreme bout with OCD and having to go off my meds and all this stuff of, um, and I know you, you listen, when you're pregnant, you make sacrifices for your children. That's what you do. But I had such an extreme case of, um, you know, I, I I can't do anything I wanted to do because for a little while I couldn't even leave the house. I was so, you know, debilitated. But I couldn't have things. I love wine, sushi, soft cheeses, all the cold cut, cold, cold cuts, all the things that doctors tell you now you're not supposed to have, which is, I, in my opinion, mm-hmm. my expert opinion, yes. a little off the charts. Of uh, what when the second that all our kids were born, all three of them, I think I rebelled again. You know, I was sort of like, "Holy shit, I have my body back!" And I didn't breastfeed on purpose because I was afraid of the sleep. And I, I'm not even gonna. It is what it is. I didn't breastfeed because I fucking didn't want to. So I um, 
I think that I got to a point where like you would come downstairs at 5 a.m. and I would be outside like chain smoking. Mm-hmm. And I a little bit, I was like, I was so happy. I felt so trapped when I was pregnant. I felt so, you know, people come up to you and they put their hands on their your belly and you're everybody's kind of toy. You know, they're asking you questions and every you're relaying how your doctor's appointment went after every, you feel like you're not, it's not your own there's no privacy. You have no, it's not your own. And, and once every time I would, I would give birth, I would be like, like, I think it literally at 9am after I had the baby each time you're like, what do you want me to bring you? And I was like, I want you to bring me sushi, cigarettes mo- and coffee. Right, no, no <laughs> Yes. Sushi, like the raw sushi in the world. Like one of those sushis that you could die from, uh, cigarettes I would have loved, but I had to wait till I went home for that. And, um, uh, coffee with like 17 sweet and lows. Nice. Yeah, because I was like trying not to have sweet and low when I was pregnant. Uh, and and I was just like, uh, I just needed to prove to myself that my body was my own, you know? And it wasn't, I, I, I loved being pregnant in many senses, but at the same time, you have to sacrifice so much and you're sort of like, okay, I, I missed all of this. I missed being just myself. And I always say, and people are going to judge me for this. I like my kids better out than in. <laughs> I didn't. I would. My, why I would don't know because I feel like sometimes women are supposed to love to be pregnant. And well, some people do. Some people. I don't. did sometimes. I don't want it to be thought. I loved aspects of being pregnant. I love being pregnant. I love the fact that my body was able to. do I appreciate all of it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not being unappreciative. Um, I'm just saying that with all of it, I. That's how I felt. I felt like afterwards I needed to prove to myself that my body was back to my own. And and that's maybe the part of the wild side in me of I I needed that. I needed that release. And 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 that I needed a husband who you would come outside at 6 a.m. and you didn't say to me, what the fuck are you doing? You should be inside, you know, taking care of our kid. You were like... You were you would laugh it off and be like, oh, you, you got it. No, I was picking you through the window. Yeah, the door you it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you got it. And I needed you to get that. I needed you to not be like, what the fuck? We have a newborn. And I went inside. I would change my shirt. I would wash my hair. I would do it all the appropriate things that you're supposed to do if you smoke when you're around. The- I did it all. And and I'm sure there's still plenty of judging that went on or goes on. But you didn't judge me. You no. were sort of like, I got, you know, you got it. And I needed that. I needed, I needed you to get it. And you never once said to me, uh, I felt safe also. This is a big safety thing. When I wanted to bottle feed, not once did you say to me when I wanted to bottle feed, um, l- let's just look into breastfeeding. Let's no. just yeah. ne- never, never, yeah. never did. I never thought that. Never, never, never. And that was a big deal to me too, that you didn't, uh, you know, you didn't give me a hard time about that. You never get, you never get, you, whatever I wanted to, you let me do it. Yeah. And that was a big deal. That's yeah, huge. no, I knew if there was like important things like that to you. Yeah. For whatever reason it was. It, it didn't, wasn't your body. Me, yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, so I was completely. And we were both bottle fed, which yeah. probably should have led me to breastfeed. We were both bottle fed? Yeah, you were bottle fed. I was? Yeah, your mom did a breastfeed you. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How many people feel like they still have a wild side of them that needs to be, I don't care how fucking old you are. I don't, you know... I, I think for my parents, it's one thing. I look at my parents and they're super content in how they are. Like they're both very... Well, different generation too. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's not generation. You look at people like, you know, James Dean or all those guys you're talking about and they're different. They're my parents. They would be my parents' age now for the most part. For them, I think it was okay. Like they're, they're super satisfied with that. They're not, they don't have that side. They really don't. I don't think my dad is going to look back one day or my mom even, and say, I wish I was more wild. I wish I had had that wild side. I just don't think that's going to be them. I mm -hmm. think that they're super content in how they lived their life. And maybe for them, they came so far from where they were that my dad's dad had to drop out of school when he was in ninth grade and work. And, you know, he couldn't even finish high school. So my dad, who's a doctor, feels like he even you know, came so much further than that. And that maybe is a, is an instance of, well, I had enough success and adrenaline from that. You know, I, I don't know, but, and, and my brother and my sister are not as needing of that maybe as I do. I mean, they, it, no, they, definitely not. Right. Yeah. So I think they're way more. Yeah. You may, I think that's a, that that's a personality side. thing. I always had it. I was always the kid who was getting the most in trouble. And I just, I, I think that's a little bit of just my core being who I am. I think that's who you are. I think maybe that's a personality thing, but I think across the board also, we all crave, we don't, listen, I don't, I don't want to lose that side of me ever. I want to always feel that, but I think we're shifting now. I think as in one point uh, where I was really turned on by you going and gambling and the excitement of that and you handed me $100 bills, you know, like in Goodfellas where she goes up to her husband and he just hands her cash. And there was part of me that was turned on by that. I think now that would be a real turn off to me because I would be like, he's not worrying about our our situation at all obviously he's just you know because we can't afford that now no. so I think it's shifting in a sense but I still crave the adventure but it's now I crave a different kind of adventure well okay another good segue for you how do we channel that need for the wild into something more productive I I know how to answer this but I want to well, hear we have. yours that's that's my answer too yeah I mean we we we've our wild side was always going out, going to going on vacation, going, you know, extravagant dinners, extravagant vacations and hotels. And now we don't do any of that. And we're here. We do this. So we have this outlet to kind of, I guess, talk about our adventures, talk about our wild sides and, and that, to us, I think it's just as fun, almost, as kind of doing it. I, I feel that way. I don't know if you feel the same way. 
You can chime in any time. <laughs> well, I also don't want to cut you off. That's I'm okay. Nervous with that. No, I I also think that um, it's also about us channeling that energy into something. Listen, when 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 I came to you with that idea, I thought to myself, okay, we we have two roads here that we can go on, and I think a lot of people need to think about this. We're at the end of our rope. We were really at the end of our rope. I was. You were either going to number one be dead. Number two, you were going to be arrested or number three, we're going to get divorced and you were going to go off and meet some younger woman and get like totally back into whatever good health you were in. And she was going to benefit from everything I didn't. So <laughs> what she look like? Better than me. Yeah, that's so possible. I fuck you. So I, um, I think I, I, the same thing, like I was saying before, I was sort of like, we have nothing to lose at this point. Fuck it. I just. We need to do something. And and so we, we did that. And I, I feel like people who are in a situation like that took a lot of fucking courage, I have to say. Thank not, you. Not that we're not that we're the Jim Morrisons of the world or we're the, you know, Janice Joplin's. Well, I'm not comparing to them at all. But we took our situation and we were like, fuck it. I'm gonna, we want to, we're going to channel that into something creative. And it took a lot of guts. Mm-hmm. It did. Um, and, and, and I think in that whole taking guts and being wild and all that stuff, really what I was searching for was a safe space for us, that I wanted us to have a space where we could talk about what you were going through and you could sit here rather than going out and possibly killing yourself for somebody else. There were all these things behind it but at the same point i was sort of like fuck it well let's just do it let's just yeah you took the situation that we were going through and you channeled it into this podcast and you came up with this idea of okay listen let's stay home let's be together let's talk about our situations let's try to help people let's try to help ourselves at the same time and it became our next thing. It became what we love to do together. So like, and getting and and therapy in a sense of getting to oh, the core of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, we're, and we're and we're we're progressively working towards it. It's not like we wrote a song or we did a you know we. It's not like it, it, it's a progressive. We're still going through shit. Well, we're we're saying things to each other here on this podcast that we don't even say to each other. On um, when we're alone, talking to each other. Well, because we trust the community now. I guess. Oh, sure. Whatever it is. I wasn't, well, when you listen back to our first or our second or our third episodes, they're completely different because we had to build that trust with people. I gotta people. listen to the first episode. I haven't listened to I that. I don't know if I can. <laughs> yeah. But but what I'm saying is that now I, I feel such a trust and, you know, such a... a connection with our listeners and our, our followers and everything. I hate fucking hate that word followers, but I feel such a connection that I, I, I can say whatever I want and I feel safe. It's that safe. Thing. Yeah. You know what? I feel safe mm-hmm. talking here, even though y- you, you connect with everybody. I don't, I, I don't speak to anybody. Yeah. But you know that they love and connect. They love you and they're, Do they? Do you guys love me? Oh God! I hope so. Here we go. <laughs> okay. No, but I, I I feel extremely comfortable. Yeah, like I feel like I'm in a therapist's office, sitting here talking. Yeah. to the mic. 
Right. And while I couldn't get you into therapy, this was the closest I could get from you. So it worked out well. Uh, Speaking of which, I owe my therapist a call. It's been weeks. I was going to actually talk to you about that. I was getting a little pissed off. I thought about that this morning, Mm -hmm. actually. Um, Yeah, I owe her a call. I want to go. You owe her a call. Yeah. Yeah. But I was going to say one thing that I always think about is. So, so what we're going to get back to balance, and and then I think that what we need to figure out from it all is this sense of first of all, you and I, I think, are trying to figure out how to make a balance of it all. That we went off the deep end. It was with our relationship with you. I think a lot of couples do that. I think you get to a point where you're like, oh my god, how do I bring it back? And you're off the rails, whether it be infidelity or it's a financial thing, or you're just out of whack in some way and how do you come back from that and I think that 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 this is bringing us back but it also um you know it's an ongoing process like you see things about people who you know they they were out of tune and they went away for a week together to a uh, retreat and they came back and they were realigned and it take it's going to take a way more than that for us that we're slowly getting back there. But in, in the meantime, we're getting these moments and these days of happiness that we hadn't had in so long. Okay. Right. Yeah. But, but I also wanted to say that what one thing that I always think about is you probably haven't heard of Cheryl Strayed. Do you know who she is? No. So I always think about it. I wrote, I read her book years ago, and now it's kind of coming back to me. And I wanted to actually read it on audiobook again, so I started it. But Cheryl Strayed wrote the book Wild. I haven't seen the movie, actually. I wanted us to maybe watch it after this. Wild? Yeah, Reese Witherspoon is in it. But what basically happened was she's younger than us when it happened. Cheryl Strayed, uh, when she was like 22 or something, her mom died and she was like super close with her mom she was already married when she was really young she got divorced at a really young age she hit rock bottom she started like sleeping with tons of different men she started doing heroin and she went into a store one day like an L.L. Bean type store but I don't think it was L.L. Bean and uh she happened to see a book about uh backpacking and she was like literally at rock bottom she was like I have to do something to get my self back to face my fears and to figure myself out so she saw this this book about hiking uh the pacific crest trail which is like over 1100 miles and she didn't know anything about it. she didn't backpack she had like is this hiked, anything like into the wild uh maybe a little bit similar sure maybe a little bit similar yeah. into the wild too but she so she um she bought this book about hiking and then she was like, fuck it, I'm, I'm going to do it. And she decided to do it and she did it. And what she did was for the next two months with one huge backpack on her back, she hiked like 1,100 miles or more. I think it's more than that. I don't know the exact number. But um, it was, you know, across nine mountain ranges from uh, California to the Mexico border to Canada. She And she said she was hoping for a transformative experience that would make her into the woman she knew she, she, knew she could be um, and turn her back into the girl she had once been. So both things, like the innocent and the mature, you know, she wanted to find both of those things in herself. And she talks about the fact of, you know, deciding to do something and actually doing it. And that was us for a little while, that 
I think that's a lot of people that you sit there with an idea, right? And you, you want to take that leap and you need something to make you take that leap. And for us, we, we stared at all this equipment for so long. We, we would mm-hmm. walk by it. We would be like, oh yeah, we're going to do a podcast one day, you know? And again, not to say that we, we're not, it, we're not the end all be all of all this stuff, but we are the exact example of taking a situation and being like, we're going to fucking do it. And we did it. I want to ask you a question before you move on from that. I don't know if I had anywhere to move on. (laughs) Because, all right, where's, where does this take your stress level to between the wild and into the wild? I was kind of like, as you were speaking, thinking if we take everything as we are today, Sell everything. We're gone. We take the kids, you and I, we backpack 1,100 miles throughout wherever. And we, we can Are teach, you for real with we this? We teach the kids whatever they we need to We go to, to the know. end of the driveway and Jonah's <laughs> like, uh, can you hold me? Okay, but now you can't. Okay, so you, when no, you're in... You can't take wherever, a kid on an 1,100-mile hike. they're going to have, like, into the wild. Like, well, the that's wild. an RV type thing. When he was walking, backpacking through... The country, meeting different people, having different experiences. Is that so much? I don't know. I just think that sounds incredible. Well, sure. There's like a lot having of, no responsibility. But that's not a backpack thing. That's an RV thing. No RV. No nothing. Ex- no, come okay, on. Okay, fine. An RV. Kids. Fine. An RV. So nothing except raising your kids the way you want, having the experiences that are incredible. No, I can't do it Nobody myself. else can ever have. I can't raise my kids myself. Uh, no, I'm coming. No, I, I get the RV thing, and actually I, I want to I wanna bring some families on who who that's, you know, the minimalist lifestyle that they've they've created from RVing and everything because right, the way we are right now when I look around our house and, you know, I see all the shit that we don't need and everything and the expenses that we don't need to be paying and everything, that's what I would love to do eventually. But at the same time... Um, that's a, that's a completely different. You're taking your kids away from their friends, and, and but you, they make new friends. But you and every I, no, day. you and I are not equipped for that. I don't think we are the right people for that. No, no, I think there's. Well, a we certain, could bring your sister in. I think there's a certain kind yeah, of. She person. would. She would help us. She would be really good. Yeah. Uh, no, I think there's a certain kind of person who can do that, and I don't think that's us. What the fuck? You can't even go camping. I all of a sudden you're gonna like live. What are you gonna do when it's ninety degrees and you wake up with fucking frogs all over you like Cheryl did when in her book she wakes up one day and she's like it it felt like something was crawling all over me and she wakes up and she has a thousand black frogs all over her tiny black frogs she's covered from head to awesome yeah okay love it okay but but basically she you know she what she did was she dove into her fears she was like she was at rock bottom and she's like okay I could do two things with this she could have kept on going and fucking killed herself and overdosed or whatever it was, or she could reconnect with another side of herself. And that's what she, she was younger too, but. Well, she had the opportunity. Like she wasn't married. She had no kids, right? She was married. She got divorced. Well, she had just gotten divorced. Um, And, and for her, it was also just about proving that you can do it. And once you overcome one fear, it's easier to overcome other fears. But, but, she says something that I thought really related to you that I've uh, that I've always thought was like a really big quote that for me with you was that she said 
The reality is we often become our kindest, most, most ethical selves only by seeing what it feels like to be a selfish jackass first. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Wait, you don't think you were a selfish jackass? Uh but you're trying you're not you're you're trying to come back from that, which I think is the biggest yeah. part of that. No? Yeah, I guess so. So you want to describe how you were as a selfish yeah. jackass? Okay. I never thought of it that way. How but do you think of it? No, but but now that I'm hearing it out loud. Oh, come on. What do you think you were? Like a, like who, with a fucking Buddha? Like, what do you think you Buddha. were? Well, who do you, what? What? Yeah. Really? No, I think I'm, a selfish jackass is actually a nice way to I'm agreeing it. with you. I'm saying okay. I never heard it out loud and thought out loud, but now that I hear it out loud, yeah. But fine. what she's saying is that that's a starting point. It doesn't matter what point of your life you're at. She was 22. Fine. You don't have to be 22. Whenever it is, you get to your lowest point and you're like, okay. Well, now let's make something of this. Right. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Yes. And also she says, which I completely agree with after doing this podcast because I was scared shit before we did it, but let yourself be gutted. Let it open you. Start here. And it's that whole thing we always talk about with, you know, the purging of yourself, the decluttering of yourself, the let it all out there and then see where it takes you. But that's kind of what we did. We've put all, we've aired all our fucking dirty laundry. And now we're sort of like, okay, this is, we're starting here and we're, we're building back up. Yeah. So you got to let, that's letting yourself be vulnerable, right? That you're, you know, that you're. I, I mean, listen, vulnerability is probably the, the biggest part of what we're doing here on this podcast. Right. And you probably didn't even know what vulnerability was before. I heard it once before. For me, probably. Yes. Yeah. You explained it to me. Yeah, but you know, these are all, and the, the thing that she also says in one of her quotes, and I didn't write it down, uh, I don't quite exactly remember how she says this, she's, she's no different than any of us, you know, that we all can do this. We all can get to a point, you have, you have different options. You can keep going in the direction you're going, or you can turn around and go the other way and figure it all out. So and, let's get rid of everything and go hiking. <sighs> Bring the kids. What the, what, since I go hiking every fucking morning, <laughs> never once have you hiked with me. All, right, and all hiking, of a sudden you want to go on 1100 right, fucking Your hiking mile. is walking. That's hiking. Bullshit. No, I'm talking about. But you never come with me. Uh, because you're walking in the neighborhood. That's hiking. I'm, what? No. I'm not walking in the neighborhood. I go on trails every okay, day. Okay, you go on trails and that's hiking. I'm saying no. <laughs> Let's get into the country and hike thousand miles. Let's get out of this hole. I don't. I don't want to have to care about my landscaping and my <laughs> saltwater tank, which we always talk oh, about. Oh, Adam and saltwater. <laughs> let's let's go hike. Let's go do it. Let's go. No, drop I, it all I, and I go. I don't want to. No, and meet new people. Meet meet some gypsies. I don't want to hike and meet new people. No, <laughs> I, I'm not. No, no. I like my mile and a half, two mile, three mile hike, and I come home. No. Okay. I would have, you asked me 10 years ago, I would have done it. No way now. I'm done. No. <laughs> All right. No. We're Fine. at different stages of our lives, obviously, even though we're the same age. <laughs> okay. I, um, I'm done. Are you? Anything else? I, no, I, w I just wanted to ask. So this is all about balance, obviously, that we're trying to figure out some kind of balance because we're always going to need that wild side of us. Uh, luckily, we have people in our lives who... Let us indulge that, and um, yeah, there. Well, we've surrounded ourselves with people that we love, and our friends who 
are very similar to us, mm-hmm. to our situation, to our the way we want to live our life. And so we're not the only ones. Let's put it that way. Yeah. There's others out there. We found them. We mm-hmm. love them. They love us. And if you go on our Instagram too, you know, I, I, I don't know how often you're on, but I recently posted something saying, you know, listen, I, you know, I always post the pictures of me passed out or whatever. And I'm like, listen, it happens sometimes. And you always, you know, what I get is, you know, 500 comments about people saying, thank you for saying that. And you get the person who's like, fuck you, you're a bad mom. Not really. You're a bad person. Of course. Okay. But that that's, I, and I leave it up because I'm like, listen, that's, that's an opinion, whatever. Uh, of but, course. You don't delete it. But, um, but it's, it's just shows that most of us aren't alone. What we're feeling is out there and, and that, and that you, you need to figure out a balance with your spouse or your, you know, your significant other that y- we all, I think not all, but most of us have a wild side in us. We have something that, and, and the one thing that I always loved about you and I that we're getting back to is that we used to always do it together. And yes. then you got off to doing it just by yourself. And now we're back to doing it together. And now we're back to doing yes. it together. Exactly. And and that balance is what I needed. I, I was getting to a point where you were like, I was like, it's not benefiting me at all. This wild thing is just him being wild and me having to be the safety net. So I didn't want that anymore. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. I and think- if you haven't read Wild... I think it's a great. Oh, and watch Into the Wild. That was a good movie. Let's, I want to watch Wild, you and I, right now. We watched Into the Wild, I think, when you were pregnant with Mia. Mm-hmm. It's different, though. than The Wild itself is more about what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, Into the Wild is more just about a challenge. This is about uh, finding your emotional self, your okay. emotional well-being. Sounds cool. Yeah, we're going to go watch it. Oh, I guess we're going to watch it. I have never it. seen the movie, but I read the book. Okay. And I think Oprah talks to her in uh, soul sessions and all that stuff. But yeah, but it's very, it's very cool. But uh, but I think a little bit what, what you need to do when, you know, if you have a spouse or a significant other who's maybe gone off the rails a little bit and, and or if it's something that you're needing is, is you need to channel that into something that's good for both of you. Like I'd like us both. We went to Costa Rica a couple of years ago and we did the zip lining together. Yeah. And I know most people are like, Oh, they went zip lining together. Okay. Big fucking deal. It was a big it deal was a to us. Big it deal. was thousands of feet. It wasn't one of these regular zip lines. It was literally like thousands yeah, of feet look, in the air. I'm in Costa Rica and I'm taking a um, ski lift like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was for us. It was a big thing, but for for scary. me, I love doing that. The two of us, and that's the kind of adventure I want to have now. You know, like I don't want to do the gambling where we bet all on black and we're like waiting there, like you know, holding on to each other, wondering if our mortgage is going to be paid or not. Like I want to do. This is the next stage. I want to do the bucket list stuff, not okay. the in the moment. Skydiving. Are we going to lose it all or not? You know, you like, win. No, I'm not in for skydiving. No? You're not even fucking no, in for skydiving. No, I'm too scared. No. But I want to do it. No, I would like to do like cliff diving. What's uh, the difference? I'd like to do an African safari. No, cliff diving is completely different. Really? Yeah, it's the difference of like 37,000 feet. Yeah, but it's all the same once no, you go not. off. No, no, no. But I, I, you know, African safari. Like I want to do things with you that are adventurous. But the stuff that we were doing that was adventurous before was debaucherous and dangerous for our well-being. Uh, okay, I'll do the Afri- African safari, but I will not ride the elephant. Why not? The poor elephants. I won't do oh, that. Oh, why? You think they're not treated no, well? No, they're treated 
off. Is that they're treated real? terribly. I did not yes. know that. You never, if oh, there's that ever, I don't want to do that either. If there's ever a situation where there's like an elephant being domesticated somehow, whether you can pet them or oh. bathe them or ride them, really, they don't, don't like it. Do it. I, don't where did do you it. read that? I no, I. More than one article huh. I've read about this. Well, that's okay, because if you take me on African safari, I will let you ride me as much <laughs> as you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Would you say I can ride you? What? If you take me on African safari, you can ride me as much as you want. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I, yeah. Thought, I thought you were comparing yourself to I, the elephant. Because that's my dream, is to go on African safari. I know. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm very skeptical about the animals no i think a lot of times of i think most of the time they're and you're and listen you're you're helping them to raise money for you know to get against poachers and all that stuff i think going in african safari for the most part right. as long as you're not fucking hunting as long as the animals are treated fairly yes I'm in. well they, that you do that research and you okay. figure it out but i really want to do that like that's on that's one of my top 3 bucket list items sure yes and I, you will ride me every night as much as you want <laughs> i will wear this pink shirt for you i will ride you like an elephant perfect <laughs> whatever Fine. that means perfect <laughs> all right guys i think we're done all right well right? again subscribe you did it rate and review yeah. i did it yeah, what did in I the do? beginning i know i'm doing it again okay yeah do it again okay i am okay go ahead i did subscribe oh. rate and review all right, guys. All right. We're out of here. Love you. Bye-bye. Oh, okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Love you.